Welcome to episode 150 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Paradise Killer. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, you know her, you love her. Her name is Flora Eloise. Blood crystal obtained. <laughs> and here to collect uh, blood crystals along with us, uh, his first time on the show, uh, welcome streamer, content creator, Quincy. Quincy, welcome to the show. Thank Woo! you. Hello, hello, everyone. Uh, what I would love is if you could tell folks at home uh, what you do, what you're all about on, on Twitch, YouTube, and elsewhere. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, my name is Quincy. I have been streaming for four years now on Twitch, and I play all kind of games. Um, yeah, pre- pretty variety, uh, new games that I've not seen before, and uh, try them out. Uh, and you've played this game for a, for a little bit, but we're going to talk about that later uh, okay. after we introduce you to The Gauntlet. Uh, which Ooh. is a few questions, the gauntlet, which is a few questions so people get to know you a little bit more. Um, I'd love to ask you, first question, what is your earliest gaming memory? My earliest gaming memory? Um, yeah, I think that would be like um, one of the Pokemon games I did on the, the Game Boy, I believe. Um, but one that I can remember very well was on the Nintendo 64 where I was playing Benjo and Kazooie. Uh, that has been uh, a memory that, uh, yeah, that has been stick for me. Uh, I-, I can remember it very clear. So yeah, those are good games to remember. So uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, what game have you spent the most time playing? Oh, the game I've spent the most playing. Um, I would. I'm not very sure. I think it would either be Minecraft or maybe Rocket League. I think. <laughs> okay. Okay. What what kind of car do you like using in in Rocket League? Oh, um, I think just the classic basic one, uh, or maybe the Tanuki, actually. I think the Tanuki would be, yeah. Final question. Second to final question. Uh, what's your most controversial gaming opinion? Oh, uh, oh, this is a difficult one. Uh, I don't know what to say about this. <laughs> um, I don't know. I have no clue. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's, here's one that may be controversial. Which Mario brother do you like more, Mario or Luigi? All right. Um, I my favorite has always been Luigi. Uh, <laughs> okay. <Good laughs> but <choice>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are a clearly divided cast. Uh, you know, Mike and Mo, our other co-hosts, are going to hear that and, and cheer for joy. Me, not so much. But uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mario's the superior Mario brother. But anyway, this is not a show about Mario. Uh, this is a show about Paradise Killer. Uh, Quincy, we're so happy to have you here to talk about this game. Uh, it's developed by Kaizen Gameworks, uh, published by fellow traveler, available on everything Windows, Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and S. Uh, originally released on PC and Switch on September 4th of 2020. Uh, we start the show with our fast pitch, which is a one-sentence description of this game. Uh, I can start if if that's all right with y'all. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what if uh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, was actually a uh, vaporware murder game? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that's good, yeah. <laughs> uh, who wants to jump in next? 
Um, yeah, I can do. Um, so yeah, it is indeed like a murder mystery uh, where you are the detective and solve a crime of to end all crimes. And yeah, there are like point and click things going on sometimes, some 3D world, 2D assets. It's very vaporwave crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Um, Paradise Killer is like if you had Danganronpa on an acid trip, but with really banging city pop music. That's very good. That's very good. Nice. Okay, so we know what the game's about. Let me paint some color, or use some color to paint the games that came out around this one. Uh, on the same day as Paradise Killer, we got Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 Plus 2, as well as Marvel's Avengers. So if you haven't heard of it, it may have gotten buried by those two very large games. Um... What is your experience with, with adventure games, y'all, before we talk about Paradise Killer? Quincy, as the guest, I'd love to start with you. Oh, adventure games. Um, I, yeah, adventure games, adventure genre. I have difficulty, like, picturing what games are considered adventure-y. Um, most times I would say, like, puzzle or shooter, but adventure, I, I don't know. I think maybe Life is Strange could be considered adventure. Um, another game, maybe which is one of my favorites and was also released uh, two months before Paradise Killer is Outer Wilds, uh, which could also be like a mystery adventure game. Um, yeah, those two. Yeah. Did you play like any of the old school like LucasArts, even like Telltale adventure games? Um, I-, I know that adventure is like, like you said, a very broad category. So I think it's fair to bring up the games you talked about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Pokemon is also considered adventure, right? Huh. In a way. Yeah, not really. It's a broad. It's a broad category. It is a broad category. I w- I would call that RPG, but like, is there a Pokemon game that is an adventure game? Hmm. But like, adventure is kind of a weird descriptor for what we're trying to encapsulate. It really determines on yes. what you mean. Like, do you want to go have an adventure? Do you want to simply explore? Um, there's so many different ways I think of how we can interpret that genre. So. Mm-hmm. Because what would you call Phoenix Wright, which is like kind of another game that is very much like this one? I think there's something called like visual novel. Is that how would you mm-hmm. say it? Yeah. I think you could say it like that. Okay. Um, Flora, games like this, is this typically your vibe? Well, it I wouldn't say it necessarily is my vibe. Um, as I hinted at in my fast pitch, like this game has some obvious analogies with the Danganronpa series. Um, I've only played the first two of those games, but reading those all out loud while playing them, I mean, they're 50-hour games at pop. Um, it has very similar um, art to this, like the 2D characters on the 3D world around you. You're doing similar things, trying to solve a crime for like murderous activity. Um, so that's definitely the closest thing that I was thinking about while playing Paradise Killer. Okay, yeah. So, so back to, back to you, Quincy. Then, are there any mm-hmm. visual novels that you enjoy, like your Phoenix Wrights, like your Danganronpas? Um, this is I a actually, weird hybrid. Yes. So, yeah, the the games where you are talking, uh, where the characters are talking, and you're reading what they're saying with like a, a box. Um, I had in the past difficulties with that because my attention span was really low. Um, but I like it more now because um, it can be. Uh, like you can add a sort of like a comedy factor in the sentences and I like that a lot. Um, in Paradise Killer, I actually find it very nice, the, the length of the sentences and the, and the uh, conversations. It's not too long, not too short. It's, it's perfect for me. So I like that. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I can't remember out of my head other like visual novel, novel games. Um, 
I love visual novels. I love adventure games. Uh, you know, I, I've said this before, so I won't belabor it. Um, we just talked about Mutazione on our last episode. So if you want more adventure game goodness, like go back to one episode before this. Uh, love the Telltale games. Uh, played Life is Strange recently on the pod. Uh, love visual novels. I mean, the Zero Escape series is like really high up there as far as like the second game is one of my, my faves. It'd be in my top 20, I think, of all time. Um and then Danganronpa I played the first one so there's a lot of shared DNA between those games but this is like a very interesting hybrid because it's even got like first person platforming in it kind of like a really light first person platforming Um, but we'll we'll get into that I want to ask y'all before we jump into the game um, how did you play? I played on Xbox Uh, it is on Game Pass so you have no excuse not to play this one Flora how'd you play? I played on PC and then I, I dipped my toes back in for the pod with like the ray tracing update and like the new quests and stuff. So I've dabbled with the newer stuff, but only one full playthrough on PC. Uh, my understanding is, and I actually looked at the PC version and looked at the Xbox version with the ray tracing update. It looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's not like a game changer in the way that like a control or a cyberpunk 2077 is with its ray tracing. I wouldn't go that far and say that it's pushing technological boundaries or anything. But it does bring an already charismatic world to life in just really subtle ways that I think work well for the aesthetic. Uh, Quincy, how'd you play this one? Um, yeah, I played it on uh, on PC and then with the keyboards and mouse. Uh, I played it with that. Um, it was all right. Uh, I believe the game, uh, when you start up and boot it up, you see a controller. Uh, mm-hmm. So I had first the feeling, oh, this is a game you have to play with the controller. Uh, but it wasn't necessarily. Um, it was all right with the keyboard and mouse. Yeah, cool. Uh, well, without further ado, uh, let let's tell the folks at home what Paradise Killer is. Uh, I think we can go in two directions. We can either describe the world and how the game starts, or talk about what sort of game this is. Uh, dealer's choice: Flora, Quincy, take your pick. What do we choose first? I, I like to start with the world. Yeah, let's do it, Quincy. Yeah, go for yes. it. It's all yours. All right. Um, yeah, the world. It's it's crazy how the game starts. Um, you first have like um, a black screen with text and afterwards you are invited into a room where you, it looks like it's a prison cell of some sort and you're going to get out in a bigger room and then you're going to go out and you're going to fall like skydiving into a paradise, an island, uh, tremendously big and you're going to see how you can go through all the different areas. Um, it doesn't only go like uh, in, in like, um, how do you say it, like from, from length and, and, and uh, width, but also in height. There are like mountains on the island and uh, buildings that are floating somehow. And yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how big the world is. Yeah, that, that definitely is something, having, having played it a few weeks ago, I'd forgotten about how you start the game by essentially jumping off a floating prison <laughs> island. So, uh, great reminder. Uh, and you play as a character named um, Love, Lady Love Dies, uh, Flora. Yeah, the fall in the beginning of Paradise Killer is, I think, one of the coolest intro sequences in recent like indie gaming memory for me. It's not technically impressive or anything, but you get an entire scope of the adventure that you're about to embark upon, and it syncs up with this like awesome title track where as you land, it like drops the beat and then you're turned loose into the game. I think it's an incredibly compelling way to introduce you to the world because like it's a tiny tutorial, that jail cell. Um, and you learn that uh, Lady Love Dies has been imprisoned or in exile for over 3 million days in universe, which is 
frankly absurd. Um, it, it piqued my curiosity immediately. And then it leads you to um, the sort of courtroom where the trial and the judge, like the whole central storyline starts to take place. Uh, that's when you learn more about like the, the sequences on the island. Uh, so, so keep me honest here, but my, my recollection of it is that um, there are essentially these sequences where um, different folks live on the island uh, in relative harmony and usually something bad happens at the end of these sequences, which could be, you know, thousands of years. Um, but they move between sequences as, you know, there's harmony, something bad happens, they almost control, delete, and start over. Um, so we, uh, you know, Lady Love Dies was part of the Paradise Psycho unit on Island Sequence 13, mm-hmm. and now yeah. she is moving to Sequence 22? 24, I think. 24. 25 is perfect. So moving yes. to 24. Um, she's been in prison for a while and now has to get a, an understanding of what's changed on the island. Um, in addition to solving murder, right? Yes. Uh, she's an investigator trying to figure out who did the, who did the murder, who's the paradise killer. Yeah. Um, it's, it's also crazy to imagine because indeed what you said earlier, like t- 3 million days in exile. <laughs> that was the first time I was like, wait a second. Okay, so human lives are not like, it's all messed up and different and, and there are gods and, and aliens and, and weird stuff going on with time and space. And, and that also uh, got my attention. Like, oh, this is cool. And I love it when games start up with like a, a big, like grand opening like that and, and you're flying in the sky um yeah that, that is that is amazing um yes but speaking of aliens isn't one of the first people that you meet outside of your jail cell is shinji uh yes who is a naked alien who likes to shoot you the fingers it's a great way to start a game yeah <laughs> super <laughs> yeah, crazy sh- what, what's happening shinji's like sort of like a guide character he, he's a mischief maker you'll you'll find him in like all these different random spots throughout the island and then he's very vulgar he usually says something crass and then disappears with this maniacal cackle uh it's it's a very unique style of a character um considering uh shinji's one of the very few characters that you um can't really like talk to develop a relationship with in order to like get evidence about it's more of just like a sort almost like omniscient sort of chaotic being that kind of knows everything and just wants to um tease your main character as you explore the island you almost collect shinjis even though there's only one shinji shinji just appears all over the island and says things and then and then poofs away. <laughs> That's a spot uh, that was a impression. good impression. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm here all day. But it's almost like one of the collectibles because um, what happens then is you're kind of just like left to your own devices either then or shortly after then. And w- what I love about this game is, it's surprising because I'm not usually this kind of person that loves a very open experience. But mm-hmm. once you jump off your you know island prison cell far above you know, paradise, you're kind of left to your own devices to talk to characters, visit locations at your leisure and figure out exactly what happened over the 10 to, you know, 12 plus hour adventure. Yeah. And the game does a really bold, uh, makes a really bold decision at the beginning to like, you are introduced with this judge character and they tell you that you were brought back for a very specific purpose. Apparently Lady Love Dies had failed at a previous investigation um, in the sequence 13, hence her banishment and exile. But um, in this event, like kind of the MacGuffin, if you will, of this entire 
uh, game is that the council of people overseeing this island have all been mysteriously killed. And there's some evidence and you can see the bodies and there's tons of blood, but no one really knows who or why would have done uh, why this would have been done. And um, the game then allows you to potentially go straight to the ending and and proceed with that. Um, I get a sense that none of us did that in our playthroughs. I certainly didn't. No, 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 I did not. But you, yeah, like you said, you can essentially go to the ending almost 45 minutes in and sure you will have no information to be able to make any decisions, but uh, you can, you can try. There's actually an achievement for speedrunning this game, and I think under 10 minutes. Uh, I did yes. not actually get the achievement, but when I booted up the game the other day, uh, that was the first thing I did because I was I was curious, like, how willing is this game to let me go into this? And the speedruns of this game are about six minutes long. I, I checked the leaderboards just out of curiosity. <laughs> wow. You can blitz through this dialogue and just... Um, Maybe we should mention that there is a suspect of this this um, series of killings that has happened, but the game kind of gives you some hints at the beginning that maybe this suspect isn't the person that we should be accusing. It's a little too simple. This person might have been framed, and um, it's really up to you to determine if you want to turn around and go explore or you know buy into the narrative you've been given and and accuse and bring quote unquote justice. Mm-hmm. Um, if you decide to proceed with the game. Uh, you essentially have to go around the island collecting evidence and building what are called these case files, mm-hmm. which I won't lie to you when I started the game. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a dumb, dumb. I'm not a smart <laughs> guy. Uh, I was, I was a little confused cause there's just a lot that you have to, you're really thrown in the deep end and you just have to kind of figure out what all the systems are. You know, what's a blood crystal? What are these case files? Uh, how do I move around the island? Who's important? Cause they just throw, you know, characters at you, which you figure out the, the rich tapestry of their, all their interactions, but you're kind of thrown to the wolves when you start and you have to just start talking to people and building case files. Um, were there any, I don't know if I want to jump into characters here, but, um, go ahead, Flora. Sorry. No, you're fine. I I think that, um, one thing to mention along the thinking about, uh, case files and how you start to make sense of this world. Um, I agreed with Quincy that like a lot of the dialogue in this game is really well paced. And so it doesn't ever feel like a slog of reading through it, but the case files to me initially did. And I really didn't want to comb through them and piece them all together in my head. The, like, I just kind of wanted the game to work for me. But at the time that I played this game, there wasn't like an obvious walkthrough of of how to accuse the right people and find the right evidence. And uh, as far as I could tell, there were no like maps of the blood crystals, which later in the game, you can unlock a way to find these collectibles. But um, but that was the first snag for me because um, your character has this little like almost sentient computer called Starlight. And it archives and like transcribes every interaction that you have, all the evidence that you find. And unlike something like a Danganronpa where you have to like piece together what evidence at what time is the best to use, um, the game is, is pretty forgiving with like sorting everything for you and putting things in the right categories. I like the way it handled that. Yeah, really, like, as it, there will be a, a menu, almost when you hit pause, there's a menu that says, here are all the things that you actively kind of have to do, and it's, you know, have this conversation with this person, go and give this item to this person, you need to explore this area that you don't need, really know how to get into yet, and it took me, like, probably four or five hours to figure out that, you know, if you just check off all the stuff on your list you will eventually get to a point where if you want to play it like this, you check off everything and there's no list left. Mm -hmm. And that's when you know that you have all the evidence. It's probably not the best way to play this game, but 
I found it took me a little while to figure it out, but once mm-hmm. I figured out just do the list dummy, like that's kind of when things started to move for me. Yeah. Have we said this game's a first person game yet? No, I don't think we actually person. nailed that down. We should. Uh, it is a first person uh, kind of adv- adventure game. And I, I say adventure game because, you know, there's the visual novel aspect, which both Quincy and, and Flora have talked about. Um, but all this is done in a 3D world that we've not explicitly said is first person that you have the agency to climb and walk and jump through. And you're almost like in a in a what is that that game that EA uh first person uh adventure game a uh, Mirror's Edge it oh, almost yeah. has like a very light Mirror's Edge like hmm. i'm going to jump from this stair to that part of the hill in order to get to a, to a higher elevation yeah yeah and eventually you you unlock things like a uh, like a double jump through this like footbath system and i i think that that makes the movement really really nice um because it it suddenly it does gate your progression a little bit in terms of what you can find and what you have access to, but it never feels that way. And I, I thought that that was a really smart design decision. Um, and then we we should probably um, set up like the island itself as well, because there are so many like mini biomes, so to speak, little districts along the island. There's different types of buildings, like some range from a mundane like power plant or water treatment facility all the way to something um, regal and impose like like brutalist architecture and kind of everything in between like the like a little um, sort of dense apartment building district and um, there's like a yacht that you can go down to on the water by the beach and just so many different locations that I, I think that once you start going like you were saying Jacob from person to person talking to them you'll start to uncover things like a, um, there's these little fast travel system um, you have to pay the currency of this game to use the fast travel system but you can unlock save points as you explore and hopefully that makes the act of exploring less tedious over the course of it for me i found too that i didn't get the double jump for hours and so there were some oh, really? same okay so there were some characters that i didn't really visit or touch on like the k uh the the khx khx yeah khx section of the game was almost one of the last things that i did because i got the double jump so late and it took me a while to figure out because there's a lot of verticality and there's a surprising amount of verticality in this yes. game mm-hmm. and it took me a while to figure out like hey I can, I can go all the way up to his workshop which is pretty high quincy you felt the same way yeah yeah definitely um it's like um, like it is a tremendously big island and um, you can figure, you can walk around for hours. And then in, in my like 20 second hour or so when I was playing, I just discovered, whoa, there's a whole new area that I didn't visit. How how is this happened? Like, how did I not figure this out? I didn't not come uh, come yeah by this place. So yeah, I can agree with that. It's, it's a very big place. Um, I, I would say that you could like skip certain parts and get to uh, things and places quicker by doing double jumps or, or just a single uh, jump and a dash. Uh, but I think you can also get everything done by just walking on stairs without doing any parkouring. So it's not necessary to to have like a parkouring skill on, on you. Um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty nice. I want to just add on to something that you you touched on there. So I played the game. If I had to guess, there's no there's no like in game clock, but I'm assuming somewhere between eight and twelve hours, mm-hmm. which maybe a little longer than I was expecting. But Quincy, you played this game for for longer than that. Um, yes is it because you love the world like you were taking in all the storylines like walk me through it all right well um yeah the total amount of hours that i spent on the game is 30 hours and uh that has to do yeah it's a lot Uh, i have uh, i've been streaming it as well and 
uh, what I noticed is that the first three hours, I've only spoken to like three people on the island and I've done all the, ex I've tried to do a lot of exploring. I thought I would be able to get all the exploring done in those three hours, but that was not the case. It is much bigger. Um, so yeah, I've, I've done talking to people and then a little bit of exploring, then talking to new people, exploring, talking to the people that I talked back to as well and uh, seeing around. Um, yeah, I, I'm also some like collectible or like um, completionist, if, if you could say so. So you were referring the the case files earlier and the and the leads that you could follow. And I'm also a person that wants to get the leads done and try to get them all as well as side quests, which for some reason, some of the quests that look like side quests can also be like part of the main quest, which you will be surprisingly uh, will surprise you. Uh, one of the things is um, uh, the game is also like um putting like barriers on certain areas where you can't visit yet and you need these kind of upgrades and i was looking around for one upgrade for a long time and it turned out that one of like for me it looked like a side quest but it was actually part of the main quest where you had to unlock the upgrade over there and uh yeah that's also another reason why it took a long of time um didn't necessarily get stuck a lot but more of the times i was just just wanting to get all the corners done of the island before I go to the next uh, area. Yeah. Out of curiosity, what was that upgrade in question? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure what the upgrade was. It could either be the pyramid or the gods upgrade, but it had to do with the ghosts where you had to identify the ghost. And I thought, oh, this is a side quest, not important, but it, it was important. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's... You mentioned the, the starlight upgrades, which are like, you know, one of the main puzzly mechanics in this game is, you know, hacking computers. And you do that by almost like doing a like a little puzzle. But it's essentially you have a bunch of like shapes that, you know, fit within a certain set. So, you know, have a, you have a set of goats and you have a set of like space puzzle pieces <laughs> and you use those puzzle pieces to fit within, you know, parts of a shadow and that unlocks, you know, a uh, part of a computer or that unlocks that lets you hack a computer to get within certain doors to get into those locations on the map that are uh, that are blocked off. Yes. How did you all feel about those puzzles, the starlight puzzles? Because I I personally think that that's one of the um design decisions that didn't work really well for me it, they were never tough oh. puzzles or anything i i didn't uh find it to be in any way hindering my my freedom or progress of moving through the story um but they were just kind of like i don't, I don't know what did you what did you all think um quincy yeah so yeah the, the game has these like puzzles indeed and uh, these point on click like point uh point and click uh things going on uh, I really like that about it, that it had like different things like 3D world, 2D assets, and then talking with text and then selecting what you want to talk about. But to talk about these puzzles, um, first of, yeah, first time when you only unlock the first upgrade or the, the first thing, uh, it was rather easy. But when you unlock the other upgrades, uh, it was getting more difficult in the mm -hmm. way that you could, uh, like the, the, for example, the moons and the, the legs of certain uh, people were so similar to each other. I was mm -hmm. sometimes like confused. Wait, what? I, I didn't finish it. Wait, why did, what did I do wrong? So I, I did stumble upon them like a couple of like it took me a couple of minutes to figure out. Um, yeah, it was it was it was good. I think it didn't really hinder my progress, uh, but it was it was a nice touch of like something different, I would say. 
So you know sure. those little block sorters that children have where they put the yeah. shapes yes. inside? So I don't know what it was. I think it was the dopamine receptors in my brain just like really <laughs> liked accomplishment, but it truly felt like one of those kid block sorters. And I felt like <laughs> such a genius every time I figured out those puzzles because the mystery had a lot of layers to it that like... I really had to like read through and understand character relationships and say like, oh, why is, you know, this person collecting flesh from a god having to read through again? Like it was those dopamine hits, which I I found helped break up some of the occasional monotony. Hmm. Fisher Price. That's what I was my brain was doing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I was also thinking about the same thing, like, oh, it looks like you have to put the blocks in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, good. <laughs> Any standout characters? I, I know we're, we're probably going to enter spoiler territory really shortly, um, but I, I guess I want to start by asking, like, maybe what what were your favorite characters, if, if you had any? Oh, that's a that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, so on this island, you have all these different characters. I think there are like eight of them, like main characters, six, six, seven, eight or so, mm-hmm. and um, some of them. Lady Love Dies already met before and some of them maybe not. I'm not very sure about that, but some of them are friends or just people that uh, she she saw before. And um, yeah, it's nice how they greet each other. Um, I would say that one of my favorites is Dr. Doom Jazz, uh, his name is. Yeah. Uh, I I liked him a lot. The way he looks and the way he talks uh, uh, is is really cool. All the characters look very spectacular. that you can talk to, but also the, the, the characters you can't talk to. Uh, if I look at their profile pictures, I'm like, wow, this is such a like strange way. Uh, a human body with a fox head or, or what was it? Like something like head. that. Goat head. Goat head, yes. It's like, what? <laughs> um, so I would say uh, Doom Jazz would be my favorite, yes. Hmm. Yeah, the character design, you're you're absolutely right. It is like spectacular. It, it's it's sort of hard to believe these designs. Uh, but I think that in the context of the world, it works really, really well. Um, I was struck, I don't know why, with the comparison of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure with the character design. If, if either of you have uh, yep. read through the manga or seen the show. But um, like it, it feels very much like in that iterative style where the outfits are like a little bit... Um, they're, they're designed more for flair than they are for function in many cases. Um, as for like favorite characters of mine, um, I, I would agree Dr. Doom Jazz is, is really interesting and there's like a um, sort of like one night stand you can have with that character if you yeah. so choose. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and, and you know I'll, I'm all over the romance in any game. Um, but Crimson Acid I think is a really cool character like not just because her striking character design this sort of revealing <laughs> outfit with a goat head. Um, but she gives you tons of important information um, and like things that kind of hold together some of the later case like arguments that you're putting together um, in the trial. So um, I found her character worth visiting a lot. Um, and can I just say I really didn't like Yuri Knight. Um, like he's just yeah. always rude. And, uh, and that's that struck me the wrong way. There's, there's like, as mentioned, all these characters have like some sort of understandable explanation for why they're behaving they are are behaving but i just simply didn't like the way he came off but um yeah jacob how about you i think it's it's easy to argue that a lot of the characters in this game are not likable and they're either not likable up front or they are not likable as you discover like the intricacies of what makes them tick and some of the things that they may or may not have done 
Um, so like I'm with you, you know, Yuri, uh, Henry, Henry, like is a, is a victim in a lot of this spoilers, I guess. Um, but, uh, Carmelina silence, like not Mm -hmm. a fan, Yuri Knight, not a fan. Um, you know, even the characters that are maybe a little less culpable, like you're the witness to the end. Like I just didn't love them. I think for me, it was like you said, crimson, crimson acid, uh, Dr. Doom jazz. And then I'm going to throw in Lydia Daybreak. Um, oh yeah, because cool. I just yeah. she has the the coolest car, and when mm-hmm. she takes you for fast travel, which she's kind of the the fast travel vehicle, um, she almost takes you into like a like a Sonic bonus level or like <laughs> vector world mm-hmm. that you know helps you transport between places, and you know they're they're longtime friends, and she just seems super cool. So I guess Lydia was one of my faves. Yeah, a small note on her car. Um, not only does it become like the fast travel thing, but at the beginning and the end of the game, you see this car somehow being able to move like over the like bodies of water, which logistically is impossible. And for some reason, my belief was so suspended immediately that I didn't question it. But when I went back for the quick replay, I, I finally noticed like some of the logistical leaps that you have to kind of make in your imagination. Um, and I, I won't spoil something yet, but that car can become really important if you choose, uh, let's say, an unsavory ending. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, Unless y'all object, I think now is a good time to to say we're entering the spoiler room. And so if you're interested in Paradise Killer, uh, I think most of us or all of us would implore you to consider playing it. It's on Game Pass. If you're interested, you can jump in, try it. If you don't like it, jump off. Uh, But we're now going to talk about spoilers and start unraveling the, the case that is the main thrust of this game. I didn't realize at first that this whole game was one case. Yeah. Ooh. I yeah. At the beginning I thought, okay, I have to solve this big big case uh where the, the council uh, got murdered and I have to solve that. And then suddenly there were more little cases coming out as well. Um yeah, I, I didn't think there would be more cases. I thought it was the main thing, but uh yeah, I, I liked it that I had to figure out more side cases that might be also in uh, like um together fitted in the in the main case. I like that, yes. Yeah, because I'm used to playing like the Phoenix Wright games and in those games, like you have, let's say, four cases that you have to solve over the course of the game. So my thought was like, oh, if I'm going to solve this case and then after that, like someone else is going to get murdered and then I'm going to have to solve that case as well. But this game is just one big case that you think is about one murder, but really becomes much more than that. Yeah, and yes. I think this game nestles its sort of sub-crimes and sub-cases together with the main one really well. Um, like, at the beginning of the game, Paradise Killer tells you outright that, like, this is the case or the crime to end all crimes. Um, we're about to move on to the so-called Perfect 25 island of the next paradise. Um, so we've basically given up on this, but we need to solve this in order to figure out how to prevent it from happening again. Um, because the one thing that is characteristic of these island cycles is that some tragedy happens every single time. Um, and only these like really special um, sort of immortal beings are able to move through each cycle. So um, some of the smaller crimes, they, they don't feel um, complete in themselves. But when you put it all together in the actual trial, um, it, it kind of goes through the lower level importance um, cases before getting to the main one. Any, I don't know if I want to ask any standout like case files. Would that be a good place to start? Ooh, or any um, <laughs> threads that you really enjoyed? 
Um, I like the whole KHX um, like murder case. Yes, uh, it, it was like like he was like gone, and and we didn't know what happened to him. Uh, when you talk to all the characters, what thing is very interesting is that all the characters are like, oh, I haven't seen him in days. Okay, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't seen him in weeks. I, I don't have information about that. And uh, some of them might be lying. Some of them might be telling the truth, but you'll figure out later if they are lying or, or, or telling the truth. I thought his, um, like a character that you can't talk to, but you can talk about to, uh, is very interesting to me. Like, who could he be? Or, or what, what was his purpose? What was his job at this place? And why was he important? And why is he not here anymore? Like, all these questions come to my mind. And I like that case, uh, which was one of the more side cases, I would say. Yeah. No, I, I would say that's probably a standout for me as well. Um, because he's, uh, you know, a, a craftsman, I guess, and he mm-hmm. makes ceremonial items for everyone. And so he has relationships with everyone on the island. Like you said, he's missing and he lives on the peak of the tallest mountain. It took me hours to get there. <laughs> and so when you get there, you just discover like, oh, there's maybe blood a little bit of everywhere. And, you know, there's an item that may belong to a random character here that may or may not have to do with this murder. But then really quickly you see that, hey, a body's been dragged, like, over a cliff, and then immediately you look down and, oh, hundreds of feet down, somebody (laughs) threw his body, and there it is. Yeah. Something I want to add about that as well is that what is crazy is that I believe only Lady Love Dies, which is the character you're playing, has no fall damage. And I believe all the other characters and people and and humans and everyone that lives there does have fall damage because, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's crazy. I, I, that never occurred to me, but that's exactly how this world works. Somehow, Lady Love Dies is just <laughs> above physics. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like stuff like that, I think is really great. Where um, like not only do you go back and forth talking to all these characters, uh, but as you're exploring too, you'll find these pieces of evidence. Like I found that body blood trail at the bottom of the cliff before I had climbed the mountain. Like I was, I was, I had the evidence in my case files. I had kind of been thinking about what implications it had for which characters. Um, but it, those sorts of things, like you can find information out of order in this game. And I find that to be, um, really charming and fun. It's in like an actual sense of discovery, uh, which usually doesn't motivate me in games. Like I, I kind of don't care. I kind of just want to know where to go next, but this game was just like a sandbox. No, totally. And I'll, I'll bring up the, the Henry's escape case file to kind of, um, show my, my, or, or to reinforce that, that thing you just said, uh, in that as I went over the island, there was a lot of different evidence you could collect as a part of that case file. And a lot of it, you know, the murder was a lot of people were like, Hey, it was Henry division who is in jail. You should prosecute him because he did it. Um, but really there's like probably a dozen pieces of evidence that you can gather a little bit of everywhere to say, Hey, maybe the timeline isn't right. If I look at, you know, Akiko's uh, cell phone location using a, a cell tower, I can say, Hey, maybe that wasn't the case. I can talk to other folks uh, that help, you know, build that alibi and say, Hey, maybe it wasn't Henry division up into the point where, um, you know, you find out things about Henry's life and about how he got possessed by a demon, which then feed into the fact that, oh, he probably didn't do this murder because if he did a murder, it would leave, you know, scars or, um, you know, sigils on the person's body, which it didn't. Or it did, but they were carved in with a knife, not just given by demonic, uh, demonic means. Yeah, and one thing that I, I thought was really interesting, there's like a sort of, 
like pseudo outer space section in the game where um, you you kind of figure out how this demon would have been channeled or summoned in the first place. And you learn that it would have taken a number of other people to kind of um, be co-conspirators um, with uh, Henry Division in order for that crime to even occur in the first place. So um, I, I really enjoyed those sorts of things because that little like space portal section is something I found really late in my playthrough. Uh, but it was a game changer as far as understanding the case and deciding um, this game is really insistent about finding quote unquote your truth. That was one of the pivoting moments for me where I was I was like dead set. Okay, it cannot be this guy. Um, and and there's like some other sections where you go out to like a prison cell on an island, and some of the evidence there doesn't make sense as well. Like why were these guards slain? And just um, all of that kind of stuff, just gradually piecing it together was really rewarding. Can I tell you something that was like really intimidating or something that kind of scared me a little bit? Hmm. There's what a god on this island. Yeah, the god on the in the pyramid. Yeah. So yeah. do you want to like explain that piece of it, and I can tell you how I felt about it because it, yeah, it's striking. Yes. So um, there is this area which is not in the, on the mainland of the island. It's like a, a pyramid that is on the sea. I believe there are even more pyramids, but there is mm-hmm. only one way you can actually go to, and you need also some kind of upgrade that that starlight upgrade. Um, and when you reach that point where you got the upgrade and you can go with the water jet ski, I believe you Mm. you can go to the pyramid and then suddenly like very loud, uh, low uh, music is coming from, from that area, like boom, boom, and you want to enter it and you're hacking in the computer, solving the puzzle, you enter the pyramid and then suddenly you see a big, like God crying and and the music kicks in and you can talk to him and and yeah I believe he talks a foreign language and Starlight has to translate it I believe and he talks about what happened to him and yeah what was your experience uh, Jacob It's scary like yeah. crying crying <laughs> grudge is the name of the god and yeah. you know these gods are like the great way to describe like if you want to visualize the art style in my mind is like you know mythological cyberpunk is kind of the the vibe but then maybe maybe less cyberpunk and more like vaporwave uh but like mythology and vaporwave so this giant creature i don't know what its face looked like but it is you know probably 10 times taller than you are floating just you know with this very low language and it doesn't like humans because any human that has come to find it, it's been revived, I guess. Any human that comes to find it just tries to take things from it, taking a lump of flesh from it to be able to, you know, uh, carry out their their crimes or their their mischief. It's it's scary. And that thing at the end of it, you get through all the dialogue and it's just like, go away. I'm done with you. Please, please leave. <laughs> I really uh, appreciate that sequence because, like, it it adds additional layers of believability to the world as well. Like, um, Quincy mentions all of the pyramids out on the horizon of the water. There's all of these very strange, like, body parts coming up out of the sand, like weird statues that are sort of glowing and stuff like that. To actually go to one of these places and like meet one of these gods makes me want to investigate all of these other potential pyramids and little islands. Um, and th- there's just such evocative design that uh, that that was one of the more shocking moments i don't know that it made like an emotional impact it just made me feel more like curious and then a, a funny little thing um you mentioned having to use the jet ski to go out um to meet this god um i was reading a developer interview and apparently the jet ski was almost uh going to be like playable in this game where you would have to like go around the island itself which i think 
could be really fun, but I also yeah. shudder to think about like how many more collectibles that would be or um, how you would even implement something like that once the game is basically built. But just a fun fact. Cool. Cool. What about the main? Because I think another striking moment to me was like discovering a demon uh, because I think that the main essentially that the main the main crime was that someone murdered the council. The council is a bunch of like, you know, politicians who just manages the island. So someone essentially broke through. Imagine that there are just a bunch of uh, sealed barriers that only certain folks can can get through once they meet certain conditions to to enter the the council's I guess meeting room if you will. And so when you walk in for the first time, um you walk in and just like six or seven people are just murdered on the ground and there's a giant is there a giant demon in the room as well? Yeah. Yeah, there is there is a demon killer, something like that. Demon killer. I don't know the name exactly, but you're like so spooked about like, wait, I wasn't expecting this to happen or something like that. And um, at least for me, that was the case. And yeah, it's it's interesting how they the game is referring to these kind of seals, these four seals where you have to get through to get to the penthouse of the council. All these names, by the way, are are like very funny. The, The name of the characters, the names of the places. Uh, but yeah, these seals are so fake. And then when you, for the first time, see the first seal, the second seal, you're like, oh, wow, this is very abstract and you need these conditions to get through. And how do I get through this? And yes, it's, um, yeah, but when you enter the penthouse and you see the demon, I was shocked. I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, uh, just some of the names, just for reference, like Pandora 2, Kafka Memory, Lunatic Pope, Fine Stranger, Leon Disaster. Uh, and they're just straight up murdered on the floor. And some of them have really significant roles to play in the world. And they're just kind of like, you know, they build the world in this great way that like even these council members who are foundational to Paradise, like have these great roles or just kind of throw away pieces of like information that you can engage with or not. Like Leon Disaster created the blood crystals. And that's really just something that you really have to like engage with to figure out. Basically, all I'm saying is a lot of cool lore. Yes. This game just unloads lore the whole time. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of the first games I've played in a long time where I struggle to um, write about it or talk about it in any significant way because everything needs additional context as far as the explanations go. Um, and so much of it is just absurd. Like you mentioned the naming conventions. Um, that That's absolutely... Like, I don't know if I'm just a dum-dum. Like some of these uh, names, like I recognize them. Like Kiwami, like that's something obviously from the Yakuza games. That's where I learned that word. But like there's <laughs> a character with that name and i know that that's significant but um I, like all, there's a lot of like japanese culture influences as well like i don't actually have a sense of having put it all together even though like i could reconstruct some of the plot for you um the just absurd scale of the world building i think is one of the reasons this game left an impression on me Yes, they added a ton of collectibles like relics and uh, you have items, you have the upgrades, but there are so many different relics you can collect. You get information about the previous paradise sequences because this is the 24th sequence. But what happened in the other sequences? What went wrong that time and, and what did went well uh, that time? And um, yeah, that is that is in, 
impressive. Also, things like when you go to the rooftop of one of the citizens' uh, buildings, you find dominoes lying around, and and it's telling you like the citizens were trying to play dominoes on on the city roof to distract themselves from the disaster that is happening. And you're like, wow. <laughs> Not to forget about like you can also unlock these collectibles, like for example. Uh, skins that you can put on your starlight you can customize it as well as like you can collect music that you can play as well and shuffle it's like a, a media player like a song player and uh, that is really cool how you can collect uh, music and customization options uh, i think that's really well done in the game this game just like bleeds aesthetic and it's even in the you know uh flora you brought up japan um the citizen housing to me like felt oh, yeah. like so anime to me but then there oh, yeah. were even pockets on, like, there was almost like a pyramid that may have had Egyptian, like, inspiration. There mm-hmm. was, you know, the beach, which, like, felt Californian. And, and to me, like, Lydia, like, screamed California. Hmm. Then there was, you know, the mountains, which were almost like the Pacific Northwest. It, it just, there was so much density to the world that I just appreciated. And the biomes all felt so different, but were clearly inspired by something. So, mm-hmm. and it, it did feel lived in to your point, Quincy of, you know, even, uh, you know, some of the ghosts that were, you know, side quest givers in this helped to fill in, you know, maybe they just had a, a weird quick story about like, ah, their arm, their hand is missing and they need to go find a hand. Um, but yeah, this world felt so lived in. And I think that's why I love spending as much time in it as I did. I, d- I didn't expect to love it as much as, uh, I didn't expect to love this game as much as I did. Yeah, and just like talking about how it feels lived in, I I would say I also have like the opposite experience. I know exactly what you're talking about. It does feel that way. But when you mentioned like the residential district, like that, it feels like people used to be here and everyone has just vanished. The architecture begs for like a reason for why it exists. And there's something really eerie about walking around this island where nothing is going to really interact with you. Um, there, like everything is kind of stop motion 2D when it is character inter- interactions. Otherwise, it's just that 3D exploration. So, um, at, like, there's these pathways and there's these, like, soda machines and things that feel like this was a civilization. Um, and I think that it, it's this weird, uncanny valley because there's so many different kinds of mythology being thrown at you. There's this paradox of, like, it feels like this was lived in and yet it isn't really. Um, I, I think yeah, I totally agree. That's That was what was compelling me to keep digging into this game. Yes. I, I wanted to add about that as well, Flora, that... You have these uh, big buildings where the citizens uh, used to live and you're like wondering where are they all and why there are there some some of them are ghosts and one of the ghosts is like talking about vampires. It, it feels like <laughs> the, the creators of the game game are like bringing random things like the whole Paradise Island can be like a mixture of all kind of random things that happen. Um at the beginning, when I was playing, I was look, I was wandering around these citizens' buildings. And I was like, "Where is everyone?" And then later in the game, I figured out that area where you see lots and lots of blood in the temple, and you're like, "Oh, I see what happened." And and then I figured, and then I felt very sympathized with the with the citizens as well. And the fact that there is one citizen, I believe, alive, which is Henry, and he's cursing a lot, like a lot to you because he doesn't like uh, the the syndicate at all. The, the group of people that you are part of um and yeah it's, yeah it's very interesting that the dynamic of like citizens uh syndicates and the council mm-hmm. and even like the inner politics of some of the members and how you know yuri knight who we mentioned who 
I don't think is a very good person, uh, you know, clearly wants more power as, as time goes on. And, you know, you slowly figure out like, Hey, Yuri's done some Yuri and others have done some terrible, terrible stuff to try and improve their position in, in the syndicate, if you will. Yes. Should we talk, should we talk about the main, like the main crime or should we talk about some of the other like edge crimes? I mean, we haven't even talked about how you can go into like a sludgy, almost moon-like area and find that someone is conducting weird experiments. Sorry, there's so many places I can take this and I'm excited. Yeah, there are lots of places that you can visit and... um yeah, that you have like also the the soda machine uh, yeah. you were referring to as well. That is something very strange. Like sometimes you get a call from a, a dead nebula, I believe, and they're trying to also hack into your starlight. They're like some kind of alien species. I, I don't know how to put it, but it's uh, like these random events sometimes happen and you're getting caught off guard and it's just helping a lot with the world building. Um, I don't think that was one of the side cases with the dead nebula, but... Um, yeah, I, I don't know, Floyd, do you know any of the sites, cases that happened that, that was, uh, yeah, that you thought was interesting? You Not mean like the side missions, side missions or the case files that maybe weren't central to the, the main crime? Yeah, like the, the, the sites mission, I think uh, I, I'm talking to. Yeah, yeah. None that I can think of, like, stand out to me necessarily. I, I think the thing that I remember when I think on the plot of this game is more the final quarter of the game, like, piecing together some of the higher level things. Um, Jacob, how about yourself? Yeah, I, th- there are no side missions, really, that, that come... I, I do remember the, the vending machine stuff where, you know, the drink manufacturer has a... I, I honestly, some of it just went completely over my head, and I think the Detnabulas, is that kind of how you pronounce that? Yeah, Nebula, I think. Is like an AI that wants to hack your Starlight computer while you're buying drinks. It Again, some of it went over my head, and I think that piece may have went right over my head. <laughs> Maybe another thing, I had, there's the Dead Zone, which is an area yeah. on the island which is completely blocked off. It's barricaded, and uh, you need some kind of big upgrade to get through. Uh, one of the Starlight upgrades, the puzzles... And um, they, they all talk about it as well, just like KA Chicks that you can't talk to. They talk about the Dead Zone as being like a bad place. And that's where Henry did the weird, uh, demo- like the, the, the demon and the myth- methodology, demonology experiments. And they blocked it off to get all the dark demon uh, things inside and outside of the rest of the islands. And uh, yeah, you come to figure out like how it looks inside and that it looks completely broken no electricity it's like all scattered and and broken fall off a dangerous place (laughs) yeah definitely screams like abandoned and it's somewhere you don't expect to be able to get access to as well or at least i didn't like just hearing about it secondhand i figured if i haven't found it in the in the routine of just naturally exploring this island i'm probably not going to be able to experience this in the same way that i couldn't experience like previous iterations of the island um, but that that was a re- it it felt like the design took a very dark tone, not dark like morbid dark, but just everything as you were describing feels very um, decrepit, like it's falling apart, it's been neglected, it's been hidden maybe on purpose, um, and I enjoyed the the vibe of that. 
the opulent ziggurat even had like very weird because there was just like blood everywhere we didn't even talk about like the the blood um the blood offerings that you can make and how there's just like fountains of blood that are scattered (laughs) everywhere Uh, but this this place specifically it's essentially like a, a mini temple and imagine that there's just like blood sacrifice but blood sacrifices have been made and they're just puddles of blood everywhere so again vibes but like depending on the biome you're in the vibes are very different sometimes a murder yes. and just weirdly enough since you mentioned all the blood in that area like that's one of the areas that i think benefits from ray tracing quite a bit um <laughs> like the, the gold reflections and stuff like i i it's it's a morbid thing to dwell upon but entering that space feels comparatively different than when i first played it um, i was really impressed with that section the point of no return should we talk about the trial and how things unfold yeah i think we could yeah that's a good good idea um could i could i start off by talking about how i experienced the, the trial please um all right well i as i said before I, i'm very of a completionist and i tried to get all the evidence i could before I go into the trial, I wanted the leads to be empty, so I had no leads to go anymore. Um, and then I went to the trial, which is the, the main building, uh, big in the middle of the island, and where the judge is waiting you. And uh, when you talk to the judge and you're like, yes, judge, I have all the evidence. I know who did it and, and, and what happened and wh- why this is all happening. Why is st- someone stopping and preventing us to go to Paradise 25 or Perfect Paradise? Um, the judge is talking to you back like, are you sure? Are you very sure? Because if you go here, you can't go back. I like that the game is making you that decision and making sure like you are sure you can't go back. And then when when the trial starts, you say, yes, I know everything. Let's do this. I, I know who did it. I know what to do. Uh, I know who's guilty. And then then the music kicks in and then like, pom, pom, pom. And then it's crazy how it's like flashing you and it's so rewarding like i've been building this up 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 all the way to the top and then suddenly you get rewarded by the music and by the vibe and and you see all the suspects surrounded by you and you can it's crazy i i i really liked it i really like how i could like see everyone and and see also back to the evidence that i have and the, and the leads i could pinpoint oh this person has a lot of evidence and and there are alibi breakers and I think this is the one that did it. And and some of them, the, the side ones were easier. And then you're building up to that main uh, case uh, that Flora was referring to. And um, it is like so nice. Also, while I was doing the trial, I re- I just recognized that, oh, it's connecting now. I, I now see how this is part of that. And I also realized, wait a second, it's not one person. There is a whole team behind it. And, and there are more people behind it. And it's, it's yeah, it was, it was for me like a, a very nice and rewarding place to be. And it felt like I was, I was doing it. I was solving the mystery. It's even the little touches, right? Like that sting of the dun 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 dun, dun. like having that yeah. sting come in before each case. Uh, it's and so good. It's so good. And there are, I think there are like over a dozen, like maybe 14, I don't know the exact number offhand, but there are the amount of case files that you have to go through. And if you if you just go straight, and it, it, Flora, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I assume if you go straight for the trial within six minutes, you have one or two case files that are like, who done it? Whereas here you have a dozen of 14, some of them less central to the main plot, but you go through them one by one and it's like, okay, we're going to go through the ones that are the least important all the way to the ones that are like, who done it? And 
you slowly discover that if you if you got all the evidence, like I, I kind of took it the same way you did, Quincy, where I got every single thing off my checklist, but I won't lie, I still used the walkthrough in the end here whenever I had a question about like, I don't want to screw this up, so I'm just yeah. going to like... <laughs> I'm going to have my guess and then I'm going to just double check it with a walkthrough and go like, is this the person? Cool. Because at some points you have evidence for like two or three people. And if you're not really paying attention, you can be like, okay, well, Yuri Knight, it's plausible that he could have done it. (laughs) But like, what about Carmelina Silence? Could she have also been a part of this? Uh, Sorry, that was a lot of words, Flora. I, I think you wanted to jump in there. You're fine. That's how this game feels. Like again, I, I find this game really weird to talk about because there's so much just contingent information. Um, there's also um, the witness to the end who um, has motivations of his own of like why you would want to overthrow this um, this island. He fears like he's a religious zealot. He fears that people have lost that sort of religious belief as well. Um, Carmelina is, is like an architect of the island, I believe, and she feels like resentful of the fact that no one else has really appreciated what she's done to like. Like bring these islands to life um you could and then there's like akiko as well um who seems kind of like a law and order sort of type person and you would maybe expect this person to really adhere to like strict moral principles um but we see that fall apart quite quickly as well yeah but even the little things too of like and then you realize the characters that maybe up front were like you know your your crimson acid and your dr doom jazz who were like I don't know if you call them like deceptive people or like kind of like slimy, but it's funny that like the slimy people up front are the ones that are actually the least culpable here. Yeah. Like you mentioned, um, Crimson, like, the, like that character is definitely willing to turn a blind eye to certain uh, people with unsavory motivations. But as far as my playthroughs, um, sort of bared out, I, there's really no direct implication of guilt there. Um, and that was one of the characters that survived my first playthrough. Mm. Uh, it's also, yeah, it's interesting that, um, that like Dr. Doom Jazz, which was one of my first suspects besides Yuri Knight, I was like, oh, one of them must have done it. And then you figure out how Dr. Doom Jazz is not like his, um, there's like these security cameras and one of, uh, his security cameras at his uh, at his uh, yacht is broken or like destroyed, and you're like, that's a little bit sus. Uh, and then you figure that wait, he's like he's been here. He's, he couldn't have done it. He didn't enter to the main crime. So you're like, oh, he couldn't have done it. Um, it's like crazy how the game is making you rethink about certain characters. Like, I thought you were innocent, but Lydia, what are you doing now? Why are you so sus? Why why is your knife at a crate that you opened and your your car tire tracks are there and Lydia why are you and, and she's an ex-assassin as well like all yeah. these characters have different roles you have the architect you have the ex-assassins and uh, Sam and, and, and Lydia Daybreak and uh, you have the fairy lady which is also Lydia and you're like oh those are ex-assassins how could they have been like so silly about like putting things still there and not cleaning their their stuff um I, I like the all the characters as well yeah yeah, this game has so many red herrings of wanting to make you think that someone is guilty and then just pulling that rug out from under you. I don't have a ton of experience with like murder mystery investigation sort of crime narratives. Um, so I was, I think, pretty naive going through this story and just like, oh, there's a knife. It must be that person. They were an assassin. <laughs> they have the capacity to kill. And then when you really think about it, and like you mentioned, Quincy, in the trial, you start to see um, like even if these people are culpable, they aren't necessarily the perpetrators. And then 
and it's and the game is pretty I, I would say lax with um allowing you to kind of deliver justice in whatever way you see fit, whether that's like sort of peaceful or violent. <laughs> And there are even entire threads that if you're really not, if you don't complete the entire game as, you know, as the developers intended, you can miss out on entire characters. I know that in my oh, yeah. case, like Dionigate, Dionigate, is that how? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Essentially, you find out that there is a secret love child that has been given access to time travel or like location jump between different areas on the island and conducted murders and you can just that's a thread that you can not touch at all if you're not playing it to completion and that that to me felt central to have that character i mean they they committed two of the crimes but it was wild that if you aren't playing it to completion you could just miss that completely yeah that that really stunned me that uh that like character just jumped in that last hour just <laughs> right before i wanted to go to the trial that character just jumped out there and i was like what happened here there are portals what is this game like bringing me new things here yeah. uh it's it's very crazy and then you figure out all the puzzle pieces you you just you, you thought you were done with the puzzle pieces but there was still another area that you didn't figure out and they're like what this is yeah you can totally miss about that and you can complete the game not knowing about the existence of a, of a character and be done with it um i i yeah i was very surprised by that uh by that surprise of the of the character yeah i almost stumbled on diana gate by accident because I, really? I was just, I was traveling around and I think I maybe had one or two threads like you in the last hour. That's when I discovered this character. And you almost stumble upon their, like, their holding cell or their their hidden cabin. And yeah. out of everything in the game, uh, you know, you find out that, you know, this character is a is a secret love child between Carmelina and, and Kiwami. And you figure out, hey, why was Carmelina, did she just disappeared for a few years because they were raising this child. Um, but uh, that was such a huge reveal to me. Like, the the character, and then that they could just, like, jump through portals that were designed by Carmelina was, like, mind-blowing to me. I was like, yes, holy smokes. Holy smokes. I'm getting chills thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> One more thing about that, about the penthouse where the where the council got murdered. Uh, you, you first approach the, the, the penthouse, and you see this killer demon, and then suddenly you, you reveal, or the, the game reveals that there is another character that could also have possibly done it, and then you question at the trial, like, how did the sequence of time happen? Like, who went in first, and who killed one first? And then there were also bullet guns in the penthouse sh- uh, shot by one of the leaders, and you're you're trying to figure out how could that that happen? Like why is this uh, why is this character full in blood and and this character not? And you're trying to make sense of it. And uh, yeah, it's it's mind blowing how how that just happens. Yeah, like back to Flora's old, old point about red herrings. Uh, you know, if you if you just don't know about this character, you know, you'll see a trail of blood moving into a wall that leads to nowhere. And you're like, I don't understand. Why is there just a trail of blood going into the wall? That eh, must be nothing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it to me, it's just like the unraveling of different layers of this onion. That is the most satisfying piece. And yeah, to me, that last reveal of the portals in the Island was like absolutely mind blowing to me. How did you feel? Like, well, tell me in your first playthrough, like, did you solve every case? Did you get a perfect ending? Or did you get some of the, the crimes wrong? I, I think, Flora, maybe I should ask you first. 
Um, did you really I play also it twice? Was, yeah, the, the real playthrough, like the true playthrough that I did, um, I ended up having the same panic impulse as you, Jacob, where I just looked up a guide and like wanted to double check. I would sort of intuit in my head and then I would look, all right, what did this person do? And interestingly, like the guide that I was following had said, like, we chose to do this, um, which I, I've never seen a walkthrough really say that instead of just do this or select this thing, <laughs> like a, a very objective. This game is so, um, it, it leans very heavily on subjective decision-making and moral evaluation that um, I was kind of like, I was wrong about a lot of stuff. And um, I, I don't think I would have seen like Carmelina's role in this. Like I ended up um, pegging down the people who then would later confess once you overturn the cases and reveal all the evidence. Um, and then the decision was ultimately for me, like, do these people deserve violent justice or or not? You know, as justice in scare quotes goes. Did you did you think about the genocide ending? Is that is that what you were thinking about? So that's what I went back and did like this week. Um, for first ending, like I, I ended up taking out the people who were like responsible and I left everyone else to be alive. And then you leave the island with Lydia. Um, but this playthrough, I, I went through and I decided to seek out and kill every single character that I could find. Um, the one exception who pops up like on your map that I couldn't figure out how to take out was, uh, one last kiss, this sort of ghost character that pops up from now and then. Um, but you can even take out Lydia at the end, and then you end up leaving in her car by yourself. Um, it was a it was a pretty dark ending, and there were people like Doctor Doom Jazz who were hanging out by the yacht, which at this point is just sunk in the water. Um, yeah. And you can like say like a farewell to him or whatever, or you can just execute. And I yes. I felt kind of bad because he was like really um, friendly and jovial with me, and like again I had done the little one night stand thing, so. Um, I'm like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, no, I just, boom, shoot him. And um, every single time you do that, it gives you that same, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, like, right yep. when you take him out. So it's actually, like, a little dopamine rush. Yeah, I, di- I didn't feel <laughs> too bad for too long. Um, so I've done, like, a pretty generous playthrough with very little deaths, and then I've done one where I just tried to wipe out anyone who was on my map. Um, yeah, for me, with the trial and 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 getting like an ending, uh, I got the ending where I was only leaving Doctor Doom Jazz and Crimson Acid uh, alive. I believe I uh, accident now not accidentally. I I didn't want to um, like kill Lydia. I hoped that she would be in exile instead because she was part of the crime but didn't really right. And uh, I was a little bit sad that that she was not there anymore at the ending. Uh, because I felt like she didn't deserve, together with Sam, uh, Daybreak, the exorcisms. I feel I didn't feel like they deserved to be uh, executed more, more like exiled. I would say. Um, so that that is the ending I, I got. Yeah, you you said you drove away Lydia. I'm like, nah, I killed Lydia. I executed <laughs> Lydia. Because uh, like again, there are like 14 crimes, and really, what you discover is that like Henry's innocent. Um, but Carmelina, and keep me honest here, Carmelina essentially wanted to execute a coup, and so she enlisted a bunch of folks to try and help her with her coup, which included Yuri Knight, uh, Akiko, uh, and both Lydia and Sam Daybreak. And then the witness to the end as well. Is I- I'm oversimplifying this very complicated game, but is that, keep me honest, is that kind of accurate or mostly accurate? I would say what I discovered is that there were actually like two teams. That's how I saw it. There was the team with Carmelina and uh, Yuri Knight and um, uh, 
can't think of the name. I just 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 said it, but I can't think of it. And then you have the other team with Witness, and then Witness asked Lydia and Sam Daybeck to help out as well. Um, I felt like like yeah, Carmelina and Witness uh, were the the leaders of the uh, of the teams, and then you had Akiko and the rest that was like helping out them. Uh, I I've, I experienced it like that. And and maybe what happened is that some of the actions that were taken by one of the groups actually benefited the other group. So like yeah, totally. Yuri Knight taking a key actually benefited both groups. Um, but no, you're you're totally right. There were there were two groups. Maybe I just kept my mind on Carmelina more than than the witness to the end. Yeah, I also like all the the reasons why they could have been the the murderer or like uh, how they could have been involved with it. Uh, you have like a witness with the death screams, for example. And uh, yeah, um, Flora, you you mentioned uh, Carmelina before as well with like they they didn't appreciate her enough. Uh, I I really liked how the game was giving you um, like red herrings, I think it was called, and and mm-hmm. also like alibi breakers and other things. Um, it helps a lot with like figuring out who did it and who didn't uh, do it. Um, yeah, yes. even the small stuff, like you said there about like I think it was I forget who it was, but they were pointing a speaker that was projecting specific sounds at at Henry. Was it? It's those like little red herrings that are like super interesting that we could talk about ad nauseum. Yes. Also something crazy going on with Henry with the memory loss. Like he didn't remember anything, which was also very difficult to understand. I feel like all the characters involved did a lot of like, they, they did a lot of preparation. Like some things happened already in sequences before or years before. And they did so well on like preparing everything. But then they didn't like uh, thought of like Ladle of Dice coming out of exile and, and, and figuring it all out. They, they weren't planning on that. They didn't expect that to happen. So uh, yeah. Well, yeah, well done on all the characters on like keeping their plans and not talking too much. Uh, some characters, I think only two or so, a split, a split or like a slip up with what they were saying. They actually said something they shouldn't have known or shouldn't have, and and that is uh, or, or no, and and yeah, it's it is uh, good when you caught someone. You're like, aha, I know you did it. I heard it from that person, and and Crimson Acid told me this gossip about you, and and some of them like go completely denial. They're like, no, that didn't happen. Bye. <laughs> it's, it's sometimes very. Comedy, uh, comedy, uh, yeah, they they can be very funny sometimes. <laughs> Any threads that really surprised you in the in the cases that we haven't touched on? I know for me, like Yuri essentially helping with Henry's demonic possession was was really interesting to me. Um, you know, figuring out Grace Bloodline's murder, how it was not done by Henry as predicted. It was actually, um, you know, Akiko and Carmelina that did it. But were there other threads that you can think of that you loved? I, yeah, I do have the, the second seal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second seal you needed to go to that space area and you needed a certain combination and you figure out how you could get that combination because KHX designed it and it was at the beach, obelisk. And then you figure out that Lydia was there, but there was also a witness. Witness called Lydia. There was the comms tower that was off, like disrupted. And was it like purposely done or was it like an accident? Um, I thought that was really interesting because I actually second thought about like, hmm, wait a second, did Lydia do it or did Witness frame Lydia of doing it? And that, those kind of moments were like, is this too obvious or is it like, yeah, I think 
the second Holy Seal was one of the interesting parts that, that I spent a lot of time going on. But even in, again, keep me honest here, there are sometimes in a case file, you can accuse one person and if you, you don't necessarily have to accuse one person, it's you can accuse, you know, the two people that are involved. If you accuse one, it ropes in the other one. And so there's usually more than one way to take out a case if, if you, if, if that's right. Yeah, and I think the opposite is true, where like there are some certain um, choices that if you make, the judge will then just default to certain like predetermined characters that, at least with the evidence they have, are rendered guilty. Um, I, that that was something that I thought was really. Uh, once I realized that was there was potential there, that's why I decided to like panic and go for a walkthrough because uh, <laughs> I could I could have almost all of it right. Uh, but maybe not quite um, all of the puzzle pieces together. And like it's like literally when you're putting together a puzzle and there's that one piece sitting in the middle that's empty, it's driving you crazy. I just wanted to figure out where that was. Yes. <laughs> yes, the, the, yeah. Like when you're also in the trial and you get the certain suspect that you can accuse, um, you have in the day like different people, different characters that you can accuse and some evidence of that, some evidence of that. Yuri Knight is very suspicious on this. He has like pink petals on his head and, and they were at the crime scene. You're like, is this being framed or is he very like silly and, and, and dumb, like leaving them behind? Um, I, I, I like at the trial, I was also like, I want to make this right. I don't, I don't want to like accuse someone that is innocent. That will be, I will be feeling, feeling terrible if I did that. Um, yes. <laughs> um, Okay, so it sounds like we 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 all went for perfect endings. We might have played around with the genocide ending, like you did, Flora, uh, where you go and you just murder everyone after the case and, and walk away. Um, but did y'all have it's a any cathartic? Any f- little, it's it's kind of cathartic. Uh, any final thoughts that we haven't covered yet on on Paradise Killer? Uh, maybe just like I I don't think we've all said, did you like this video game? So I think I'd love to know, like, did you like this video game, Flora? Why don't you start? Did you like this video game? Yes, I have complicated feelings about it, but they're almost all positive. Um, okay. I I, th- I think that, as mentioned, the music in this game is one of my favorite gaming soundtracks in recent memory. I put it on all the time when I'm writing or just doing something that doesn't require a lot of like speech. Um, I enjoyed the exploration so much that I dumped several hours into it just for the sake of it. Um, I wanted to see what was around every corner. The world design, the actual like models that make up the environment are so eclectic and it's unlike any visual style I've ever seen outside of, you know, like the vaporwave or vaporware sort of look. Um, that That's a very intentional decision to throw together things like pyramids and obelisks and whatnot with palm trees and Japanese cities and rivers and just all of it at once. Um, I think that this game has some tedium in it. That makes this answer a little complicated, like the fast travel system costing blood crystals, I think is something that I did not enjoy as a design perspective. It made me feel like I needed to backtrack across the island every single time, and that slowed down the pace in a way that, in retrospect, if I was playing this again, I think I'd spend a little more of those and not worry about saving so many, because as um, Quincy mentioned, they're otherwise used for things like starlight upgrades, which is just an aesthetic skin, which didn't motivate me too much. Um, And so... Including the story, which just I, I don't think I fully understand, but I fully enjoyed. I would say that Paradise Killer, um, even with some flaws in between, is, is a video game that I think very highly of. Quincy? 
Yeah, um, I like this game. I am. I enjoyed playing this game. I'm happy that I finished the game. Um, yeah, there are a lot of reasons why I like this game. There are also a little bit of flaws that I don't like. Um, one of the flaws I would say is that uh, at the beginning you could talk to a character and talk about a lot of things. Like you could talk so much if you wanted to. Also about the cases, but also just chit chat. And I like that. The thing that I wouldn't, I didn't really like is that. Um, uh, I thought that, like how I approached it, I was just talking a little bit to this character and then go to the next one. And then a little bit about that and then the next one. Uh, instead, you could, in theory, just talk to this character all of it. Like you can talk all of the different topics and then just go to the next character. And yeah, you could do that. Another thing that I would say what I didn't really like was the um, some places I didn't uh, find until very late in the game. And those places weren't really hinted to, as if it was um, it was like obvious I would have come there. And I was like, no, it wasn't obvious. It was the libraries on the backside. I, I've never seen it. How, how could I have been there? And there was the um, uh, bar of, of Sam at Daybreak, which was on the back. And I didn't enter that area. And apparently that was wow. a very important place where you needed to grab like some kind of like uh, armor pieces for your hands to break through the rocks to find that character that was hidden down below um those kind of areas i didn't like visit or didn't catch uh, at the end so i would say those two places uh, or two things um I, I didn't really enjoy but beside that I, I really liked everything about it also one thing that i we didn't talk about was the um you could get these flash forwards of paradise 25 yeah, yeah. um yeah what, what did you guys think about that that was interesting i think yeah, and they and they wouldn't really it would imagine there's like maybe, you know, 10 lines of dialogue between two mystery shadowy figures, but they essentially just paint a picture of what is to come in in perfect 25, the sequence after the sequence that you are trying to solve murder for, uh and you discover them by discovering like whiskey bottles. Um, yes, <laughs> that was cool. It was it was neat. It was a nice way to foreshadow like, hey, is are things going to be okay in the next island or are they not? It was cool. Yes. So, yeah, I, I like the game. I really liked it. What about you, Jacob? Uh, you know, a lot has already been said. I like this game. I think if you're interested or curious about it, I would recommend doing what I actually did in this case, which is, you know, I have this real bad problem, especially having this podcast and having to, you know, finish games on a timeline. Uh, for this one, I finished it far in advance of, of the show and I was really able to like take my time with it and, you know, every day just, you know, explore the island for an hour I didn't look at a walkthrough until like maybe the last 90 minutes of the game where I was really just trying to figure out like what are the things that I'm just like not on entirely which you know the Diana Gate example of like finding that secret area was something that I probably would have never found on my own um, but take your time live in the world don't play on a clock and I think you'll have a really good time with Paradise Killer and it's you know it came out in 2020 and then hit other consoles last year uh, it, in the last twelve months, it's probably like one of the one of the most cathartic or rewarding experiences that I've had in gaming. And if mm. if you listen to the first forty minutes of this, or even the whole pod, and you've not played it, uh, I I would recommend playing it because it's super unique. The music's great, the art style's wild, the characters are wacky, uh, and like super fleshed out. And I I guess I can't recommend this game enough. So there you go, three recommendations if you made it this far and haven't played what are you doing uh <laughs> play paradise killer and here you thought i was gonna come in like a hater on the game no i i felt some haterade but i'm glad that uh that things are okay and that, that you liked it 
Um, Another thing. Uh, yeah, sorry. I, I wanted to say one last thing that I think the developers did very well is about the accessibility uh, of oh, the game. Yeah. Good point. Um, they made sure that there was options for colorblind uh, people and motion sickness. And uh, I really love that, that they um, uh, put the effort and time to make it uh, available and accessible for uh, yeah, people that have difficulties with these. Uh, that's just one thing I wanted to point out as well. And, and yeah, a great point. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up, and I, I used some of those accessibility features in this playthrough. Um, I just neglected to remember that I had gone through the menu and um, turned on things like toggling um, to run, to, or like you can either walk or you can sprint, and like not having to hold down that button the whole time is wonderful. Um, little things that the, um, the game will either choose to display or not for you, I think it is helpful as well. Um, de- definitely, there's a pretty robust system there. Um, Quincy? Thank you so much for, for coming on the pod today. Uh, what I'd love for you to do is tell folks uh, where they can find you and your uh, your wonderful work. Yeah, well, thank you for inviting me. And I really liked uh, talking about uh, Paradise Killer. Um, yeah, I, I do streaming every week or so uh, on uh, twitch.tv slash Quincy. Um, can you spell and, it yeah, out? I, yeah, it is a Q-W-I-N-S-I-E. Um, Quincy, really weird spelled, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where you can find me. Cool. What have you played lately on your channel? Uh, well, Paradise Killer. A lot of Paradise Killer. <laughs> yes, a lot of it. But uh, yeah, I do all kind of games. I'm also playing We Were Here Forever with my brother, uh, which is a cooperative puzzle game. Also adventure, I would say. Um, yeah, uh, all kind of games. Cool. Well, hey, thank you for coming on. Uh, I don't think we could have told the story of Paradise Killer without you. So, so thank you, thank you very much. Uh, you can find all things Left Behind Game Club at leftbehindgame.club. Uh, let me take that again. Uh, While you're doing a... Sorry. While you're doing a retake, can I just mention, I forgot to bring up that this game has one of my favorite lines of dialogue ever, which is Lady Love dies, and she goes, Nani the hell? Like, (laughs) she says, like, Nani, like, almost well, like, the Japanese thing, but then there's this really... Um, plain delivery of, of the hell. I don't know. I just love that. And every time that happened in the game, it put a smile on my face. So anyway, <laughs> that could go with the bloopers or whatnot. But I just, it, it dawned Nani? on me right when we started wrapping up. Yeah, exactly. It's that, but like kind of cute. It's funny. I <laughs> don't like game, this. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, let me try this. I don't know. I maybe keep it here. Maybe I won't. Who knows? We'll see. Um, uh, you can find all things Left Behind Game Club on Twitter at Left Behind Club, on Instagram at Left Behind Game Club. And uh, we have a wonderful Discord community uh, that you can join, talk about video games and other things at leftbehindgame.club slash Discord. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, do two things. Uh, send it to a friend because that's how folks hear about podcasts and give us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, if you want to give us four stars, don't bother. Uh, Flora, <laughs> uh, where can you be found on the internet? Um, you can find me on Twitter at LudoNarrativeFM. Uh, you can find me in the Discord as well. Uh, we were talking about Better Call Saul briefly earlier today. And I am on a small hiatus of writing right now, taking like my first break in four years. But you can check out my articles at EpilogueGaming.com. Are you going to write about Paradise Killer? I've tr- I've started and stopped several times. If, if, if I develop like a new take on it, a new angle that I see this game with, it's coming. Okay. Love it. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Jacob McCourt, J-A-C-O-B-M-C-C-O-U-R-T. Uh, if you want to follow my work, probably do TikTok. I've been making daily TikToks for almost 
actually it'll be more than 200 days uh, when you're hearing this. Uh, I usually do these little like 30 second recaps, mostly of games from the early 2010s. So if that's your thing, uh, find me on TikTok. Uh, but that's that's the only thing I'm going to plug today. So without further ado, uh, shout out Michael Ruffalo. And that, my friends, is one last game left behind.